This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. We're also, if you're listening in downtown Toronto, tune us in on 96.7 on the FM dial. Uh, I'm your host, Walter Rigobon, as with me usual on Sunday mornings, Naz, Mark Casey. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good morning, you? Wally. How are you today? Pretty good, thank you. It's an up and down week for the Toronto Maple Leafs this week, and uh, certainly uh, we'll be talking about that. We do want to announce we have a very special guest in studio this morning, of course, Leaf legend Daryl Sittler. Certainly looking forward to speaking with, with him this morning. And... Uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, uh, captain in the 1970s and uh, one of the great, great Toronto Maple Leafs of all time. Classy gentleman, and uh, we're certainly privileged to have him with us in studio and uh, love to talk to Daryl Sittler about his career and also about the, the Leafs of today and uh, interesting week. Uh, started off with a remarkable event in Toronto Maple Leaf history. Uh, rookie goalie, Garrett Sparks, first time in Toronto Maple Leaf history. Guy comes in and gets a shutout, shutout. in his Beauty. very first game. And, played uh, well, too, while well, he really played well. A little bit of a tearjerker at the end. Uh, couldn't hold back his emotions. Parents were in the crowd. Certainly an incredible moment in that young man's life and uh, had followed it up uh, last night with another remarkable victory against a very, very good St. Louis Blues team. Now, here's St. Louis. They, they played three games in four nights, so they had the old Toronto Maple Leaf jinx on them with the three games in four <laughs> nights and the back-to-back. But uh, 4-1 win, and people out there who've been criticizing Nazem Kadri, let me tell you something. He's going to score 20 to 25 goals. That's his, uh, that's his act, right? And he's had a lot of shots on that. They haven't gone in, but he's played really well, and he'll break out, and he's doing that right now. Yeah. Um, Babcock, the coach, has a lot of confidence in Nazem Kadri. He's putting a lot of responsibility on his shoulders this year. And you know what? Uh, Kadri looks like he's, to a certain extent, rising to the occasion. Um, First fight yeah, of the season well, for the Leafs. You know, uh, Kadri, you know what? He's, uh, he's becoming a fan. Uh, he's starting to become a fan favorite. When, once the fans, you know, fans were a little bit critical of him in, in his first few years in the league. His uh, play was inconsistent. Um, you know, there's the whole episode last year being suspended by the coach. Uh, we, we really don't know. That was handled internally, and whatever it was between Nazem Kadri and management seems to have ironed itself out. And uh, one of Babcock's projects when he came in uh, was to uh, turn uh, Kadri's career around, and uh, certainly has. You know, you put you put confidence on in a young man. You put responsibility uh, on a young uh, on a young hockey player. Um, Nazem Kadri, the problem's never been his skill set. There's uh, he's got he's got high level skill. 
Uh, he's quite capable of being a, uh, you know, certainly uh, one of the top two, uh, a number two center, and uh, right now he's a number one center and looks like he belongs. Uh, now you take a look at that lineup and you throw in uh, Marner and Nylander and uh, possibly Stamkos as a free agent. Changes the com- the the team completely for next year, doesn't it? Well, certainly the Marner. I mean, it was uh, Marner's been burning up the uh, the O this year, and uh, it was a Team Canada selection uh, committee this week. Uh, he's he seems to be in the forefront of the players. They are they're trying to feature on the on the uh, on the Can- Canadian national junior team. That's going over uh, over to Europe over the over the over the holidays. Uh, he's going to be one of the feature players on on that team. Uh, Nylander is burning up the AHL. Um, looks like there's some skill coming up uh, coming up the coming up the ranks. Uh, some doesn't, of the, doesn't look as bad as it uh, seems, you know. Yeah. it really doesn't. And I think they're uh, they're coming on. But and the, they have and they have the coach for sure. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. Now I want to talk to you about something, Wally. And, yes, sir. Uh, you were out in in Florida and you spent two and a half hours with Dave Keon. I did. And uh, what was that like? Uh, certainly, uh, I spent some time with uh, Dave Keon this uh, this week down in Florida. Um, broke some bread with him, and uh, uh, certainly uh, he um, an interesting gentleman, a class act. Um, he, my impressions of him, um, uh, certainly uh, a dignified man, um, intense. Uh, sharp as attack, um, ultimate Toronto Maple Leaf. He still, I think, still bleeds blue and white. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than I was thoroughly impressed by him. I do know that I uh, I posted uh, on some some of my social media sites this week. Hell of a picture too. That yeah, we took a good picture. Of, uh, and, action for sure. Uh, posted and 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 I and it was an incredible reaction. An incredible reaction. Um, he is certainly amongst our generation um, that grew up in the 60s and the 70s. And, um, and certainly amongst our generation, he left a lasting impression. Um, it, was a different, it was a different time back in the 1960s. Hockey was, you know, hockey is sort of, hockey is still part of our culture and hockey's still an incredibly important thing to Canada and Canadians, but in the '60s, it was so much more the focus. Now you you know you you turn on your TV and there's nine million games, nine million channels, um, and not everybody's tuning in at the same place at the same time. Back in the 1960s, it was totally different. And we tune in Wednesday nights and, and Saturday nights, and you know we all went like. And as you know, you can uh, you know, certainly want your thoughts on this. Yeah. I mean, we used to; it was the thing to do Saturday nights. Right? Absolutely, right? and some of the uh, the uh, people that were posting on Facebook were saying the same thing. They brought families together back then. Yeah. And Dave Keon was part of their family, it, and so was Daryl Sittler. I mean, Daryl yeah. came on a little later, but uh, both of them, right? They were the the guys, and, and the and, guys. And I and I posted that picture with Dave Keon, and the overwhelming sense I got. Was wow that sort it brings back a different a different time a different age, um, you know the '60s were a magical time um, in so many different ways and Dave Keon was such an important part uh, of our collective consciousness back in the '60s. It, it's really really was incredible, um, and 
you know those those nights you 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 turn on the TV and you know and people forget this, like when you the, I mean the game started at eight o'clock in those That's days. Right. But the TV wouldn't come on. We had to watch Juliet. <laughs> we had to watch Juliet or or Tommy Hunter or whoever else was on. Uh, but the game wouldn't come on till eight thirty. That's right. So you know you'd listen to it on the radio for the first half hour. I got to tell you, I got to yeah. tell you, when I was a kid, here this is a true story. I, I my dad and I we used to listen and watch Lease all the time. And my dad, I said, Dad, I have the number of Maple Leaf Gardens. I used to call Maple Leaf Gardens to find out what the score was. And they didn't even say hello. It says 2-1 Buffalo or 2-1 Detroit or one nothing Toronto. They, they, so many people would call in to find out what the, uh, what score, the score was. was. And, Amazing. Uh, and, that's, and that's when I think of Dave Keon, I think of the TV coming on. At eight thirty, we're we're like little kids sitting. Remember the old days? You you wouldn't even sit on the couch. You'd yeah, sit, I remember Robert. You'd Goulet sit on too. you'd sit on the floor, like about four or five yeah. feet away from the TV. And your parents would always say, "Get away from the TV! It's going to ruin your eyesight." Yeah, you're going to you need know? glasses. You're they were need, right, and they were right, and we all ended up with glasses. <laughs> but uh, going back to Dave Keon, it's it's that image uh, of of him coming on 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 the screen, and and Bill Hewitt. And there's Davy Keon with a breakaway, or there's Davy Ke- goal by Davy Keon, and it was yeah. and it was always in those days it was always Davy Keon. Of course, for me now he's David Keon, yeah. but uh, it was always Davy Keon. We all wanted to be number fourteen, and you know, and, and 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 I try to explain this to to other people. It's not with David Keon. It's not about statistics. It's about it's about class. It's about the way he played the game. It's the way he skated. It's the way he competed. Uh, he was a little guy, five foot nine, 160 pounds, and he's still in tremendous condition. Um, and he, and and, he, and and more so than almost any other player I watched. Uh, when it came time, came time, time to crunch time, uh, yeah, he, he elevated there. his game. Yeah, he was there. He elevated his game. Played some of the greatest games in in NHL history. The the game I always go back to sticks. Uh, the first memory I have of a hockey game is Game Seven, 1964. I've said this on the air a few times. Uh, game seven in the Montreal Forum, playing the hated Habs. Game uh, game seven of the semifinal, and um, and in the Montreal Forum, and it, the the Leafs win that game, three to one. Keon scores three goals, um, yeah. one power play, one empty net, uh, and one shorthanded. You know the we we talk about Legends Row and uh, where Keon. If Keon belongs, he definitely belongs. Oh, that and, and there, there's whatever disputes there are between Dave Keon and the Toronto Maple Leafs, or whatever, whatever happened. There's one thing for sure: is that they should put him in, regardless of that dispute. Right? Dave Keon should be in Legends role. Yeah, that's th- what I'm saying. Right? I'm not going to pick sides here because I'm not no. about to. But I think because of the of what he did and what kind of a player he was. He should be in there. Naz, you and I have talked about this on the show so many times. And whether he should be or should not be on Legends Row, and uh, please forgive uh, my impertinence, is, uh, and I'm, this comment's not directed towards you, Naz, is a silly question. It's not yeah. even a question. It's, 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 it's just it's obvious based on, based on what he accomplished in a Toronto Maple Leaf uniform based on what he accomplished uh, in terms of even individual awards, won the Conn Smythe in 67. If they had have had the Conn Smythe in 61, 62, 
63 and 64. Um, I guarantee you he would have won at least two more. Uh, he was certainly that good of a hockey player. Considered by so many one of the best, if not the best, 200-foot hockey player in NHL history. So should he or should he? Obviously he should be on Legends Row. Why isn't he on Legends Row? I don't think we know the answer to that question. We just we don't we don't know. MLSE is not saying um, they haven't made any public pronouncement of all of any kind. I have spoken to Dave Keon about that specific question, and my conversations with Dave Keon, um, we we know that they're they're, they're private conversations. I'm not going to repeat uh, what he told me. I'm not I'm not going to repeat it on the air. I'm not going to betray the confidence he's put in me. Um, there have been disputes between David Keon and MLSE. Um, we really don't know. They haven't been reported. Uh, I don't think either uh, either David or MLSE has gone on the record in terms of what those disputes are. We know that uh, David, uh, how David left Toronto, certainly did not leave a um, didn't make him feel very well. Those days are long gone. Um, there are some disputes there, but what unfortunately what's happening here is uh, they don't seem to have been able to resolve their differences of opinion. And yeah, I'm with you, Naz. I'm, I'm not here to I'm not here to pile on MLSC. I'm not here to. Um, in fairness you know, to MLSC, in, in, this, in fairness is a, to this is this is a different era too, right? Yeah, it was not the Ballard era. It's yeah. a different era altogether. But taking a bigger picture on that, David Keon, 75 years old. He's not getting any younger. There are legions of David Keon fans in Toronto. We would like to see him suitably honored. Uh, we would like to see him on Legends Row. Uh, we would like to put the process in place to make that happen. Next year is the 100th anniversary of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, what could be a more fitting and suitable time to put David Keon into Legends Row and perhaps retire number 14. I'd love to see a ceremony, quite frankly, and we've said this on the air before, I would love to see a ceremony, the 100th anniversary of the Toronto Maple Leafs, where uh, David Keon and Con Smythe, because if there is anybody who deserves to be on Legends Row, it's Con Smythe, certainly not a player, but... If there's anybody who was more important than the Toronto Maple Leafs than Con Smythe, you name him for me. Perhaps Punch him Um You know, there's a lot of people who didn't like Punch, but his accomplishments in the 1960s perhaps deserve recognition. I'd love to see a coach. If it's not Punch, then a coach should be on Legends Row. Then we'd have to we'd have to find uh, nice to see somebody back behind the bench with a fedora. You know, <laughs> a, a true legend. But uh, you know. Unfortunately, Punch has his detractors, and uh, yeah. not everybody's a big fan of Punch Imlac. Um, certainly on his second go-round, maybe more so on his first go-round. Con Smythe, and what, what a ceremony it would be if they took all those sweaters, the 14, the 27, the 21, and, and they you know, brought all those legends back and just retired the sweaters, just like all the other original six teams do. Yeah, but it's interesting. You know, like Daryl wore 27, and so did so Frank, Frank Mahovlich. Yeah. And then, you know, you have Bobby Bond and Borja Salming, right? And there's, there, there are some players that uh, wore both, right? Yeah. So yeah. it would be nice. It would be nice. I mean, I'd, I'd, love, I'd absolutely love to see a ceremony where all those, all those sweaters were retired. I'd love to see Daryl Sittler... I'd love to see Bobby Bond. I'd love to see Matt Sundin. 
all at, all on the ice at the same time, hundredth anniversary, and uh, David Keon and Con Smythe. Maybe it's the in the cards, well. Wally. You never know. It might be in the cards. Well, if, certainly, if anybody down at MLSC has a sense of drama and theater, uh, I, I certainly hope they give it some thought. Anyways, I hope they they do something for the fans. I think the fans would love to see it. You know, we're we're so starved for something positive. It's been a long time. Um, you know, certainly this new management seems to be turning things around. We've got a new coach. We've got new management. We've got some bright young players coming through the system. Uh, Babcock's got them playing, uh, you know, better hockey than we've seen in a long time. We haven't got the results yet, but they're coming. So uh, things certainly seem pointed in in the right direction, and we hope this momentum continues. And we hope something is given back to the fans in, turning, in terms of honoring uh, one of our greats, David Keon. We certainly love to see that happen. Anyways, uh, we'll be going to break very, very shortly. As we said, we've got Dave Ke- uh, Dave Keon. We've got Daryl Sittler in the house talking about Leaf Legends, another of the great, great Leaf captains, a great, great Leaf player. Uh, we'll be chatting with him. And before we go to break, Naz, it's that time where the phone uh, lines burn up. We've got to give out our, uh, our Pizzaville. What 50. are the numbers, Wally? I'll give out those numbers. Here, let me just... Pull them out over here. Four one six. You want to give out the question first? Sure. Give out the question first. Who is the goalie on the famous night that Daryl Sittler had his ten points? A. Dave Reese. B. Pee Wee Reese. <laughs> C. Della Reese. Oh my God! What am I going to do with you, Ness? <laughs> what am I going to do with you? The number is four one six. Three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Get your uh, finger on your on your telephone line. I'll give those numbers out again. Four one six three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. You want to give a crack at that question again, Naz? Who is the goalie when D- Daryl Sittler scored 10 points on February 7, 1976? A, Dave Reese, B, Della Reese, C, Pee Reese. Anyways, call in right now and answer that question, and we'd be uh, thrilled to send out to you a $50 gift card from the good people at Pizzaville, uh, proud sponsors of our show, and uh, it's a great, great pizza. Call in, and uh, it's a great item. Anyways, we'll be going to break right now, and we'll be right back after the break with Toronto Maple Leaf legend Daryl Sittler. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. Pound three six three six. No. Pound three six three six. No. Come on, baby, pound three six three six. Let's go ring to it. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice.
Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 radio. And if you're in downtown Toronto, we are now on 96.7 FM. Switch over to that dial and you'll get a fantastic signal in downtown Toronto. We are pleased to have with us in studio this morning, Toronto Maple Leaf legend, Daryl Sittler. Welcome, Daryl. Good morning. Good morning to your listeners, yeah. We're so thrilled to have you here this morning and... uh, uh, certainly the Leafs, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm sure you follow them. Uh, tell us uh, your, uh, your assessment of the direction of the team this year and how's the, how's the Mike Babcock era going so far? Well, uh, I, I'm like uh, most Leaf fans, uh, pretty disappointed last year, that last three months of the season when we only won, I think, four or five out of the last 25 games. And <clears throat> so our ownership and management uh took it upon themselves with Brendan Shanahan at the, the lead helm to make a overall change. And obviously bringing Mike Babcock in, he's the best coach in the game, paid him a lot of money, gave him a long-term contract, and uh, that kind of set the tone for this year, um, bringing Lou Lamorello in with the experience and the respect that uh, all hockey people have for him has certainly added to that. And then, you know, we've got some draft picks that are – you know, working hard in uh, you know in the minors and in juniors, um, we got to we got to build a team. Uh, we got a hardworking team. I think um, so far this year, the fans are impressed by the work ethic level. Um, 
in order to be successful, you need good goaltending. When Reimer was hot and played well, uh, we we got some wins. They kept us in the game every night. Um, so there's a culture being built there, but uh, in reality, if you look at the teams that win cups, uh, Chicago, Tampa Bay's right up there, Anaheim, L.A., those teams have three or four really key players, and uh, we're striving to get those three or four key players. We don't have them yet. And uh, I think you look back uh, in three or four years from now and say, okay, they put the foundation together for the management, uh, got to stay patient with it and see where we're at, and I think they're they're going to get there. Daryl, uh, we interviewed you last year around this time, and I asked you a question back then about do you ever had aspirations to be a GM or a coach? And you told me that you were offered the Leaf job <coughs> uh, when Pat Burns was let go. Can yeah. you briefly describe that? Well, when Pat was there, I mean, Pat was a very uh, successful coach, and we were going through a tough period, uh, I guess it must have been February, early March, and Cliff Fletcher was the general manager, and, you know, things were kind of falling apart, and um, sometimes management have to make those changes just for the sake of making a change to change kind of the whole vibe of the, uh, you know, the, the players and, and even, you know, the the city, so to speak, but... Uh, I was working in management. Cliff uh, asked myself if I'd be interested in going behind the bench for the balance of the season. At that point, um, I honestly looked and said, listen, I have no experience in coaching. I don't think it would be fair to the players, first of all. If I'm a player, I want a coach that has you know, some experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was a player, but never, never a coach, not even at a minor hockey league level. <clears throat> and then the other thing, <clears throat> I, I never had a a passion um, and desire to be a coach. And I'm uh, totally a believer if you're going to be successful at anything you choose to do in your life, uh, you need the passion uh, to be successful at it. And it's not something I wanted to do. So I mentioned that to Cliff, talked about it. Nick Beverly, he was also working, and he had some experiences coaching, so he finished the balance of the year. So even to this day, I have no desire to be a a coach. Talking to Daryl Sittler. Daryl, every time we talk to... uh, uh, former athletes. So I always like to ask the question. You grew up in a small town in Ontario, St. Jacobs. Um, some point in your young career, you dreamed of being an NHL hockey player. Uh, who were your uh, hockey heroes when you were growing up? Well, yeah, like most Canadian kids, when you watch Hockey Night in Canada with your, your mom and your dad and your brothers and sisters, uh, there's this aspiration that that, hey, maybe that's something you'd like to do. So, believe it or not, as a kid growing up, I was a Montreal Canadiens fan, and Jean Beliveau, I I tell this story quite often, where uh, under the Christmas tree, I got a Jean Beliveau number four Canadiens jersey, and I would wear that everywhere. I remember wearing it to school, wear it to Sunday school, wear it wherever I could, because I just was so proud of that jersey. And then in 70, when I was drafted by the Leafs, um, I was facing off in the Montreal Forum, and I looked up, and Jean Beliveau, who was 41 at the time, his last year, my first year, you know, obviously got the goosebumps and the tingles to think, here you are, you know, facing off against the guy you idolized. And then as my career went on, uh, in 89, I was elected in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and I got to meet Jean Beliveau at a few NHL Hall of Fame events and golf tournaments. And and when my wife died of uh, colon cancer in 2001, the morning of her funeral, my phone rang at my home in East Amherst, New York, and I picked it up and said, Daryl, it's Mr. Jean Beliveau. Wow. I just want you to know I'm thinking you'll be on this most difficult day. So, you know, it, it was kind of a cool thing. Uh, Jean, as we all know, passed away about a year ago from now, and 
Um, I really wanted to go and did go to his funeral because he's such a respected person, not only you know as a hockey player captain, but as a Canadian and uh, still my idol today. Daryl, you, you had Roger Nielsen as a coach. I see some, not all similarities with Mike Babcock, but there are some similarities between Babcock and Roger Nielsen. What do you think? <clears throat> well, Roger, when he came in in the 70s, um, he was ahead of other coaches as far as the, you know, the, technical side of the game the conditioning part of the game uh, and uh, we had a, a team that bought into that and Roger made every player uh, on our team feel whatever role is what his role was on the team was as important as the next person and uh, he got the most out of his players and I think Babcock has done that in Detroit he's doing it here um, players believe in him he, he expects you to to uh, play a team game and to work Every shift, every don't take any time off, so to speak. And and he, what I like about him, and I've always liked uh, about Roger, is they're honest and upfront. And sometimes you might not like to hear the the voice of the coach and what he's saying, but guys like him and Roger were so well respected. And what they were saying wasn't to put you down or anything, but to make you a better player and a better team. And uh, I think Babcock has a lot of those qualities. Talking to Daryl Sittler, Daryl, um, you've been uh, one of Toronto's most beloved. Uh, athletes um you've spent a lot of time in the community here um does it ever get difficult balancing your privacy with being um for all intents and purposes a hero and legend to so many so many canadians well i don't look at it uh, as uh, you know being challenging or anything like that i think it's an honor to be recognized for something you love doing I, I look at uh, the opportunity I have as a as a player um, and and now a retired player and a, a member of the city that every day there's an opportunity to maybe make a difference in a person's life, you know. And uh, you know, I'm just finished doing a, a an awareness campaign for diabetes. My family's had a history of diabetes, and uh, we're trying to get Canadians out there to to get tested. And uh, and again, it's it's an awareness thing. So I have that platform to do that and why wouldn't you want to do it um one of the things uh i i say i always remember as a kid uh, again growing up in st jacobs my mom and dad didn't have any money to take us to leaf game in toronto but my dad got some tickets at the kitchener auditorium for an exhibition game chicago I was playing the rangers and after the game i'm about seven eight years old i'm standing out the kitchener auditorium waiting maybe to get an autograph and the players are filing by nobody stops you're kind of disappointed and then finally two guys stop bobby hall and andy <laughs> bathgate and I've always remembered that feeling. I've never left that feeling uh, go unnoticed. And, and when I became the player and the captain and still out in the public today, I, I go back to think about that. Like sometimes people come up to you, they, they feel they know you, you watch you, you've done something that they loved uh, you as a, as a player or a person. And when first impressions are lasting, good, bad, or indifferent. So I try to remember that day in and day out, and, and uh, why not? If it can be positive, that's the way to be. Daryl, I always wanted to ask you this. When you had your 10-point night, and I think when Ian Turnbull scored his five, he had his five-goal game, uh, I guess the Ballard and the Leafs presented you with a tea set. Mm-hmm. Do you still have that tea set? We still do. Uh, <laughs> that tea service has moved around a lot. Uh, it, it, it was a beautiful gift that Harold gave me back then. Uh, it was in an heirloom for our family. And uh, uh, silver's not the easiest thing to keep up. you got to keep polishing it uh, from time to time. But uh, 
you know the, the the plaque or the the tray is engraved and it's Harold Ballard's signature. So that's something that'd be forty years now coming up. You know, I had a feeling you had it, but I'm not so sure Ian Turnbull would have it still. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but uh, you know, one thing we talk about Harold, and uh, you know, people look at this negative thing about him, but he had lots of good qualities too. And I remember when I scored the overtime goal in the Canada Cup in '76 uh, in September 15th. Uh, the couple of days after, he had the operators at the uh, Maple Leaf Gardens answer the phone, the home of Daryl Sittler, which wow. I thought was pretty cool. Cause of, yeah. Talking to Daryl Sittler, Daryl, you just mentioned that uh, there's a, there's an anniversary coming up soon, 40th anniversary, yeah. of one of the most remarkable nights in NHL history. And the 10 points may, in just the way the NHL is going nowadays, and probably is one of those <clears> records that will never, ever, ever be touched. Your recollections of that evening? Well, yeah, it'll be a tough one. I've always thought that Wayne Gretzky, when he was getting 200-plus points a year and uh, scoring five and six points a game uh, in the 90s, late 80s, 90s, might be the guy or Mary Lemieux. But the recollection was uh, we were playing the Bruins, original six, hockey night in Canada, coast to coast. Uh, <clears throat> about two days before that, Harold Ballard had gone to the media and made a comment saying if he could only find a center, a good center <laughs> to play with uh, Errol Thompson and Lanny McDonald. Uh, so that created some hype, as Harold would do at the time. So I go get the 10 points. But when I started out the game, uh, uh, after the second period, I had seven. I had no idea what the record was. Um, the Stan Bodiak, the statistician, came over to me and said, Daryl, if you get one more point in the third period, you've tied Rocket Richard, which was a record in the 40s. So that's when I knew uh, what it was, eight, and the third period went out and scored three more goals. The last one, people remember it, I was from behind the net, kind of throw a pass out to Errol Thompson in the slot. Brad Park stuck his leg out, and Dave Reese opened his legs, you know, and, and that was it. But uh, I never really paid too much attention to it as time went on to think, you know, how big this record is and how long uh, could it stay, you know, and uh, most people today come up to me and that's what they talk about, not the uh, not the uh, the Canada Cup goal so much, but the 10-point the game. Because well, you, used to, you, you told a joke about Dave Reese <coughs> and the train yeah. track. Can you yeah. tell it again? Well, <laughs> apparently, uh, you know, the uh, Dave Reese, that was his last game in the National yeah. Hockey League, believe it or not, and that was a Saturday night. The Sunday, they go back to Boston, and Harry Sinden, who was the general manager, calls him into his office and says, you know, it's your last game, you're going down to the minors. And the story goes, he was so down and dejected and depressed, he went outside the Boston Garden, the subway line there, jumped in front of the train, but it went through his legs, so yeah, he's still here today. So there got, you go. Got to ask you about one of the uh, other interesting <clears throat> episodes uh, during your um, your uh, your playing days with the Leafs, the, the year that... Uh, uh, I guess Ballard fired Roger Nielsen, and then uh, then he took him back. But I, is, am I correct? They took him back because you went in and talked to Ballard about it? Well, it was a culmination of a few things. Um, we were going through a difficult period, but Roger, I mean, a quality coach. The team just wasn't winning and doing as well as we should have. So, like in most cases, management says, well, let's fire the coach and change the the attitude, so to speak. So Eddie Johnson, we we shared a team with the Chicago Blackhawks in Moncton at the time, and Eddie Johnson was played by both the Blackhawks and the Leafs. They thought that he would be coming up and wanted the Leaf job. Eddie turned it down, so now the Leafs are kind of struggling to say, okay, looking for this coach. So we practiced most of that week. Uh, guys like myself and Lanny kind of ran the practices. And then uh, 
Tiger Williams uh, and, and Lanny and you know Borea, we were all big supporters of Roger, and, and we went to Jim Gregory and said, "Listen, uh, you know Roger should be our coach. He's the guy. It's not his fault that we're not doing well. Would you consider bringing him back?" Uh, and uh, I think Gregory, you know, he was in support of that, so he went to Ballard and. And I think Harold's kind of back was against the wall a little bit because there was a game coming up on the Saturday. We didn't have a coach, and, and he knew Roger was a quality person. But the, the the kicker in that was before we were going out, none of the media knew who the guy was going to be behind the bench. And I can remember specifically in the dressing room waiting for the buzzer for us to go out to the start of the game, and Roger's there with us, and Harold's got this brown oh, bag no. from Loblaws or someplace saying, hey, put it on <laughs> and just stand there while the national anthem's on, and then when it's over, pull the... and. Here's our coach, oh, so to speak, God. and I, I remember Roger Sheeple saying, "No, no, Harold, no, no, we don't want to do that." Eh? But uh, that was kind of the circus we were in back then. Never a dull moment. Now that that team was pretty close, though. They, uh, you close. guys had uh, you played Montreal and lost to them near <clears throat> the Stanley Cup champions. So you you were pretty close in that that team. Well, you know, uh, the measurement uh, to me as a player is what you're you know the your opponents think of you as a as an individual player but more importantly as a team and if you talk to the teams that we played back in in the 70s the islanders so to speak even the canadians who went on to win the cup that year we were a tough team to play against a team with a lot of character the thing that we lacked um is the the depth that the canadians had mm-hmm. i think i think that one year they've only lost eight games throughout yeah, the, the entire season and then you know, they're third and fourth lines, no disrespect for ours, but they were more like second lines to other teams. And, and if they had an injury or, you know, had to bring somebody new in, um, uh, you know, they had they had a little bit more depth than us. And they had, you know, Ken Dryden and Nett, and they had the, the three top defensemen back then, and uh, Savard, Lapointe, and Robinson. So they were just too strong for us. But we, uh, the players that played on this team, that team have a lot of respect. We kept together, uh, even though Imlac kind of dispersed everybody all over the place. Uh, there's still lots of great friendships and uh, that have made from from being part of that team. Daryl, uh, when you became mm-hmm. the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I believe you were the youngest captain in Toronto Maple Leaf history, and you took over from a gentleman that uh, you know we talked about earlier on the <coughs> show, David Keon, who certainly. <coughs> Was uh, was a hero mm. to a lot of us that grew up in in the sixties. Uh, tell us about uh, uh, how you became captain, who broke you the news, and how you felt about it at the time, and and uh, what kind of responsibility that uh, that came with it. Well, when I came to the Leafs in seventy as a first round pick, and and again growing up in Ontario and watching the Leafs win some Stanley Cups, there were a number of players, including Dave Keon, who were on. The team, George Armstrong, Bobby Bond, Ronnie Ellis, you know. So I had a lot of a lot of respect, and I sat back and I, I learned from these guys of you know the tradition, the respect they had for the organization, and and George Armstrong, who was still on the team, had turned the captaincy over to Dave Keon. And one of the things I I learned quite quickly about Dave Keon was he's a great player, but more importantly, his work ethic and you know what he did to improve his game. He had been in the league probably. 10, 12 years at that time, had won everything, but yet he was the guy in practice that was working as hard as anybody and, and a great, great player. So so when uh, Dave uh, Keon uh, left the organization in a disgruntled manner um, when the Leafs asked me to be the captain, one of the things that had happened just before that, Ronnie Ellis was the senior guy and Jim Gregory was the general manager and and 
he was their choice uh, because of respect and you know the quality of person Ronnie was. But Ronnie said, "No, Daryl should be the the captain." So, having said that, knowing Ronnie was uh, supportive and uh, some other guys, it was an honor. But at the same time, in that press conference, I had mentioned that uh, I was you know not very happy, kind of how they you know treated Dave Keon, which I wasn't, and that someday that could happen to me, so always keep that in the back of your head <laughs> that, uh, you know, as great as players Keon was and what he did, and what was Dar- Daryl Sittler was doing now, things could change, and obviously they, they did over the, the years after that. Uh, you know, I heard you chatting earlier about David uh, with the, the Leaf organization. Many times uh, uh, we've tried, whether it was Cliff Fletcher in the early 90s coming back, Pat Quinn, uh, uh, all the management, Jim Gregory, wanting to get Dave Keon back as part of the organization, and he's he's come back a little bit, I guess, with the the couple of anniversaries of the Stanley Cup teams. But he should have his statue on uh, Legends Row. He should have his honored his number honored in the the rafters, and uh, he should be there before all of us, so to speak. And um, and hopefully that uh, Dave will be receptive to that. Um, you know, kind of part of me thinks like even if David doesn't come, you know, he should have he should to do it anyway. Yeah, he should do it anyway because you know it's not. It's, there's something missing without him there, you know, yeah. and uh, it's not an easy situation. I know our management tries to do everything we can, but uh, and then with David Junior um, working with the National Hockey League, I see him around all the time and Hall of Fame. I'm sure that <clears throat> it would be suiting it for fans like yourself who remember those uh, great years. Um, you're giving something back that uh, uh, would would certainly be appreciated. I know people loved him as a player, and and uh, it would just make a nice uh, kind of a closing or finish to a great career. It sure would. It sure, it sure would, Daryl. <clears throat> uh, Daryl, there's one player I have to ask you about because uh, we asked Harry Neal, who was the hardest working player you ever had, and it ended up being one of your teammates, Dave Tiger Williams. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Briefly talk about Tiger. Well, Tiger's a close friend of mine, and, you know, when we drafted him in the uh, 70s, you know, he and Lanny were Western Canadian guys, but I remember, you know, I'd been in the league about three years at the time, and you hear this name, Dave Tiger Williams, uh, all-time penalty minute leader in Western Canada fighter, you know, so you wonder what the character of this player is going to be when he gets there, you know. So I remember his first training camp. Um, It was in Maple Leaf Gardens. And I wanted to be the first guy out on the ice, you know, to, to start training camp so I get ready. Tiger is the second one, okay? So what happens is I go out on Maple Leaf Gardens and I'm skating around by myself, waiting before practice. And I look back and Tiger's kind of standing, not on the ice yet, but the door open. And I look at him and he's looking around the the gardens, the vastness of it. I can imagine what's going through. He's a kid from Saskatchewan, Leaf's favorite team, and here I here I am, eh? So I'm watching this, and all of a sudden he gets on the ice, and he skates as hard as he can across the board, ice, and he hits the boards with his shoulder, <laughs> drops on his knees, gets up, goes to the other side. He's testing the flexibility of the boards and all that. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so we have a, uh, have a scrimmage, and then he dropped his glove, and he beat the crap out of Ian Turnbull right off the bat. But that was Tiger's uh, initiation. But he was a, a great team guy. He made himself a good player. I mean, he scored 30 goals. and. Yeah. And when you're a player and you have Tiger on your side, it doesn't get any better. Like, you know, he's there, you know, through thick or thin. And he makes <clears throat> players on his own team accountable, which I think is important as a 
as a successful team that you have guys like that for Tiger on. So to think that he played, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years and uh, had a great career and He's still to that day when we play the uh, Legends games. He, he's competitive out he's there. Still he's still intense. Intense, testy, and uh, I'd rather have him on my side than against him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we've been talking to Daryl Sittler. Daryl, uh, you've been kind enough uh, mm. to join us in studio, and we won't take up any more of your time. We know you have a busy day. You're out, to, you're out in Brantford this afternoon. Going to, uh, yeah. Hometown hockey. Hometown hockey, which is great. I mean, every Sunday they have it in a different city, and uh, I do some work with uh, Rogers and Scotiabank, and I was at my hometown in Kitchener-Waterloo, the opening kickoff Thanksgiving weekend, but I'm going out to Brantford. Maybe uh, Wayne or I know Walter Gretzky will be there yeah. for sure, but it, it's a special town, and uh, I look forward to being a part of it. Anyways, I wish you, uh, we wish you a great day. And, Thank you. Uh, it's certainly been a pleasure for, for us to have you here, great. and uh, hope to have you again here in the near future. Okay. Certainly going to celebrate the 40th anniversary coming up in February. Coming up, babe. Thank Adam, you. We've been talking to Daryl Sittler. We'll go to break, and we'll be right back. Thanks, Daryl. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... uh, Someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. 
When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We'd love to take some calls. We've had uh, we've had talked about Dave Keon on Legends Row this morning. We've had a thrilling interview with uh, Daryl Sittler, Toronto Maple Leaf legend. And uh, be uh, if you want to call us in and talk about that or talk about anything else about sports, give us a call, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Four seven four zero. We're going to do something different this morning. If you want to send us an email uh, with a question or a comment, you're more than welcome to. It's Wally at nazandwally.ca or naz at nazandwally.ca. If you want to give us an email, a comment, or a question, we'd be more than happy to take that. Or your calls, 416 uh, I notice we have a call on the line. Unfortunately, I don't know who the caller is. Uh, who, who do we have this morning? Good, good morning. Who do we have? Uh, it's uh, Mike in Hamilton. Mike in Hamilton. How are you doing this morning? Fine, thanks. Uh, it was a pleasure listening to Mr. Shittler uh, this morning. He, you know, the, the fond recollections of that night in February of uh, 76 are still very vivid and fresh in my mind. I wanted to say that I think I'm um, only five players in NHL history, and you would know this. Yep. Have scored eight points in a game. Rocket Richard, the Sittler's record fell that. Uh, Sittler's broke his record that night. But I think only um, Paul Coffey, Tom Bladen, Sam Gagne, and I and I believe Sam Patrick Kane. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, Wally. Ness. I don't think I, I Patrick think, Kane did, but Sam Gagne did for sure. Yeah, he just um, most of all, Sittler. Um, that record will never be broken, Mike. No, there's no, no chance. I, I can't see in today's NHL uh, 10 points. Mike, thanks so much for your call. It's always a pleasure uh, taking your call. Certainly it was uh, Daryl Sittler, one of the classiest athletes ever to play sports in Toronto, if not the classiest. Um, certainly it was a pleasure having him in studio this morning. So many great memories. A dynamic competitor on the ice, no question. Uh, certainly it was a thrill for us, Naz, to have him yeah, in this morning. Anyways, yeah. I, I do have an email question. Uh, just came in. Uh, from Dominic, Dominic Fuda in, uh, in Etobicoke. Uh, here's, here's the question. Given that most of the, and this goes back to our David Keon uh, discussion, given that most of the original six teams have resolved their grievances with their star players, including Bobby Hall with the Hawks, Patrick Waugh with the Canadians, Ted Lindsay with the Red Wings, is it time for Leafs and Dave Keon to put any differences behind them? so that we can properly honor the greatest Leafs captain for a generation of Leaf fans who idolized Keon in the 60s and 70s. Naz? Oh, they should. For sure this should happen. I think it's going to. I really do. I think they're going to get together, and this will iron itself out. I really do. I certainly I hope so. Uh, I mean, we've, we've talked about this, I don't know, how many times on the show? Um, and, you know, we had a brief discussion uh, well, Lee, Darryl, Darryl we, we talked candid. about Daryl. He, he said he should be there. Yeah, well, there's, he, the, the issue isn't he should be there. It's it's the process. I think it's the process is how do we get 
how do we get Dave Keon and MLSC on the same page? And I think that's the difficult question. How do we get David Keon and MLSC on the same page? And, you know, I spoke to David. Uh, He's got... um, He's got some grievances and issues. I'm not going to repeat them on the air, but he does. Um, I certainly see, I understand his point of view. I agree with a lot of the points that he does make. Um, um, I haven't had a chance. We've asked, we've put in a request to MLSE uh, to, with somebody at Legends Row, and uh, I think they're going to accommodate us in, in January. We will be, I certainly want to hear the other side of the, uh, the other side of the, the other opinion, what, what MLSE or what their, uh, their communications people might have to say about it. Uh, and hopefully what happens is uh, we do something for the fans in Toronto because there's one thing, MLSC may have their side, David Keon has his side, uh, and the fans have their side. And the fan side uh, is very, very, very simple. We want to honor David Keon on Legends Row. We want to see it happen in his lifetime. We want to see it happen sooner rather than later. I'd love to see it happen in 2016. If not, on the 100th anniversary of the Toronto Maple Leafs in 2017. That is what the fans want. That is what we are being told, Naz. And hopefully MLSC is listening. And hopefully a process can be put in place so that Dave Keon is brought back to the Air Canada Centre and suitably and suitably honored. That would be one heck of a day or evening, for sure. Yeah. It's funny, you know, we we asked him about Tiger Williams, and poor Ian Turnbull was the recipient of his first <laughs> fight. Can you imagine? Anyways, a regular listener to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. It's a pleasure to have back with us this morning, Kevin from Buffalo. Kevin, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. And outstanding show, listening to number 27, Mr. Sittler. And just to mention last evening, great to see the Maple Leaf goalie, Mr. Sparks. He's had a great week. It's sort of like two book bookend wins for him. He shut out Edmonton on Monday and last evening against St. Louis. And, and just wrapping up with Mr. Sittler, it goes without saying those Maple Leaf games were so special. And I remember... In 1976, watching Hockey Night in Canada that evening, and of course the coverage, it was not as brilliant as it is now as far as the the highlights, but it was the talk of hockey, and he's still just a great Maple Leaf and an enjoyable showman, and, and have a very nice week. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. That, of course, was uh, Kevin from Buffalo. Uh, just following up, uh, Daryl Sittler, Naz. Um, you know, we watched we watched some great performances from Daryl in the in the in the 1970s, and uh, that was uh, that was a Toronto Maple Leaf team that came so damn close. They were, you they, know, they what? They were not far off. They weren't far off, and it was a shame how it was a shame how they uh, they sort of. They needed to fill in a couple of pieces, but instead the management went a different way and started destroying and that he team. he was offered the head coaching job of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is that, that was something that never came out before? Yeah. It came out on our show. But, uh, you know, the quality of the man, the quality of the man, Daryl Sittler, I think he was, uh, he understood, um, he understood perhaps, you know, it was it was an honor to be the coach of the Toronto Maple Leaf, but you got to be ready for that job. Yeah, for, yeah, you're and right. uh, you know, it's not you know, it's not a job where you learn um, 
you know, it's not a, you know, you know, you can't be an intern and be an, an NHL coach. And that's no disrespect to Daryl Sittler. Um, I, I think he hit the nail on the head. He had had no coaching experience at that time. And, and it wouldn't have been fair to him. And it wouldn't have been fair to the team uh, for him to uh, to step into that coaching position at that time. So it's probably, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, certainly probably the proper decision. Uh, you wouldn't have wanted to do anything to tarnish tarnish the legacy. And he's got a, a pristine legacy in Toronto. One of the most beloved athletes. Um, certainly, we've just spent 15 minutes with him. Certainly, an incredibly classy gentleman. Um, nothing but the best to, things to say about Daryl Sittler. A great captain, a great leader, and a great person too. Yeah, and if 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 the existing contingent of Toronto Maple Leafs need a role model, you know That's what? The guy. We, we he's the guy, and David Keon's the other guy. Do you want to you want a role model captains and Toronto Maple Leafs? Two guys that never worked. Well, he's harder. an ambassador for the Leafs, and Wendell Clark is there yeah. too, and Wendell is yeah. there. So also. when they leave, they say the Leafs don't have a have a good. I mean, you've got some incredible incredible people that have played in the blue and white, and uh, certainly we were. Cherish to have one in studio with us this morning. Our time has run short. I'm getting the cut signal from our producer, Sebastian. Next We've... week, I want to talk about Dion Phaneuf. Okay, we didn't get a chance. We'll do that next week. To all our loyal listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back here again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.